Warning! The Bone Bad Joe is intended for adults only and contains bad words and other yucky stuff that may make some people very angry. So watch out! What's up, everybody? Welcome to episode 195 of the Bone Bad Show. This is Steve. And this is Gordon. How's it going, man? It's going all right, Steve. Yeah? Steve. Did you get vaccinated? I'm half vaxxed. I am awaiting the second shot. I got another nine days before 
as of this taping, before I could go get shot number two of the Moderna microchip. Uh, and I understand the day after you're supposed to feel bad because Bill Gates is like forcing the patch onto it and it's got to, you know, reinstall the firmware and all that. But I'm, I'm getting there. I'm just getting there, man. I'm, I'm six days from shot number two and then I will mm. be able to, uh, I'll be able to do stuff again, I guess. You know, uh, It'll be my, nice to do my stuff. wife, Julie, had her second shot last week and she actually did have a little bit of an after effect of the second shot. She said she felt kind of punky and like she had the flu for exactly like 24 hours and then she was fine and she was like dancing cool. and wanted to eat chicken. I don't know. It was weird. <laughs> that That is weird. We are recording this on 420. 420. 420. What's the significance of that? I wonder. It's a cannabinoid thing. Also, on this episode, we are going to be interviewing the reigning monarchs of green girl-centric songs. Woo-hoo! This is a very green episode. This is the greenisode, quite possibly. <laughs> that is a green episode. That's right. Uh, our music tonight is Warp 11. Uh, we started the show with the title track of their brand new release, the Search for Rock. And uh, I hope you enjoyed that. We are going to be interviewing key members of the band uh, coming up shortly and uh, listening to a lot more great tunes. So there's that to look forward to. Uh, In addition, we have uh, another awesome interview on the show coming up. Uh, Chris McEnroy, who is one of our favorite independent short gore directors. Uh, We featured him a number of times during the Boneback Comedy of Horrors Film Festival. As a matter of fact, he is a jury award winner, and uh, he has a brand new short that he is currently kickstarting called Guts that you can help get made. So uh, we're going to speak to him about that in a little bit as well. Oh, hell yeah. So, yeah. Steve. Gord. I'm saving the, uh, the, the what pisses me off is going to be green-centric. Let me tell you, though, I had an adventure since we last spoke. I've got these neighbors that are that are rude assholes. Never a good idea having neighbors. Yeah, I try not to, but the people behind my house, they're Canadians, Canadian expats. Really? Because I hear that the Canadians are so polite. That is true. These people got kicked out of Canada for being rude assholes, <laughs> ah, I'm pretty sure. They're like, you get the down there to that rude country. We don't like your type here. Yeah, and so they've got these crazed dogs, which will go into a barking frenzy anytime they hear anything happening in my backyard or my next-door neighbor's backyard or down the street in a backyard. It's something, you know, like a big happens, like a bird flies over. They go fucking ape shit. And I thought it was just me. I thought it was just me going crazy, and I'm, like, grinding my teeth trying to just deal with this shit because as the summer comes, there's more things happening outside, so more dog barking. And my next-door neighbor, I find out, who is this absolutely unflappable, totally together, low-key individual, he, too, is losing his shit. So I'm in my backyard grilling some chicken like you do. Dogs are going freaking crazy because they heard me in my backyard. And then I hear him, my next door neighbor, and he's he's talking over the fence. He's put a chair up and stepped up on the chair. So he's looking out over the fence, asking the people if they will please control their dogs. If they will please put their dogs 
in the house for the love of God. And I'm like, I don't want this guy to go into this all alone. I'm going as crazy as he is. So I go through the monster hedge that I've spoken about in the past, past, you know, the rat army that lives in the hedge, and I climb the fence. And so now my head pops up over the fence as well, and I start getting into it with the neighbor too. So the neighbor can no longer just think, hey, the, this maybe this one guy is being unreasonable because now two random heads have popped up over the fence and all we're both talking he keeps going well you know we got this trainer and you know maybe like no what you're doing is not acceptable and what i had been doing was grilling chicken the chicken that is now like on fire behind me <laughs> so i don't care this is my opportunity to express my extreme displeasure my wife isn't there to like try to chill me out calm me down or speak flip the chicken for that matter or flip the chicken no she thought dinner was totally under control it was not but i hope you know as of today i did not hear any dog barking so that's that's a good thing and i think what's happened is the neighbor realizes now he's got like with the one maybe normal neighbor behind him that's a little irate and then he's got the freaking crazy sidekick neighbor that will just pop up out of fire and smoke and and join in at any time with like I'm a 50 plus year old man climbing a fence it's that's not that's not smart the not not in my condition well maybe yeah. it was a wake up call for him i mean nobody really wants to be lucky pierre in a verbal abuse sandwich <laughs> even a french canadian <laughs> and scene okay <laughs> nailed it <laughs> Uh, maybe if he's lucky. <laughs> wow. Yeah, yeah. That's, a, that's, a, that's one of those things. Neighbors, It's man. one of those things. Neighbors. Fucking. What are you going to do? <laughs> so, dude, if that doesn't piss you off, I got to know what does. Here's what pisses me off. Because this is the green episode. I wanted to talk about something that's slippery and green that you get you get naked with. That pisses me off. I'm talking about Irish Spring, the soap. <laughs> I hate that soap. My wife insists on getting it. It's not the soap itself that I hate so bad. It's not the chemical composition, which is just fine. It's the shape. Why do they shape that soap into the shape that is most likely to come shooting out of your hand? You can't <laughs> hold on to that shape. It's fucking soap. It's slippery by its nature. Why do you make it round? <laughs> pisses me off ivory is a rectangular prism it's got edges and corners you can hold on to it while you're slathering your nether regions iris spring you don't know where that's gonna shoot out uh-uh <laughs> uh, that soap pisses me off i like it too <laughs> it's magically delicious <laughs> wait i think that's the wrong oh, commercial no that's yeah that's and, not how you eat and the soap. all kinds <laughs> of racist on top of it. oh damn Why i'm don't we sorry <laughs> Why don't we just uh, leave that alone there? Okay. <laughs> well, yeah, it's who shaped that thing like a leprechaun turd anyway? <laughs> the focus group <laughs> for the soap. <laughs> that must have been, you know. Right, we have a couple of shapes here. What do you What do you like, ma'am? Well, well, if you could maybe make it a little bit more uh, leprechaun turd shape. Leprechaun shape? No, leprechaun turd 
there's a lot of grippable edges here. Is there any way <laughs> that you could just file those off almost completely? I'd like this to be able to slip into places. <laughs> if you know what I mean, and I think you And do. then back out again without <laughs> involving the hospital staff. Again. <laughs> Remember the commercials for that soap when we were kids? Like, for some reason, this, this like, a presumably Irishman pulls out a jackknife and, like, slices pieces of the soap off to show you the inside. What the fuck was that about? Why was that and supposed you to make you tell he was soap? Irish because of his cap. <laughs> I guess. <laughs> Steve? <laughs> yes, Gord? What pisses you off? Ah, uh, dude. So... I got to say, man, I, I am really salty uh, about uh, basically the fact that our musical guest tonight, Warp 11, did a Kickstarter campaign back in October 2019, and I just found out about it now after the album is out. And the thing that pisses me off, I'm not pissed off at Warp 11 because they're awesome. What pisses me off is I feel like this is a social media algorithm sort of a thing that is buggering the intent of the artist. This is an artist who has a product that I am actively interested in and glad to throw my money at, and it never came to my attention, despite the fact that I like them actively in social media. That totally pisses me off because it makes me wonder how many other bands and filmmakers and comic artists have stuff that they are coming out with that I will dig and I just am not finding out about because of the winnowing down the pipeline of information that the social media groups tend to do. But, you know, you can definitely get political opinions. Yeah, yeah, I'm sure you got all the all the social hot button ads thrown your way, but you missed the Iron Maiden inflatable sex doll Kickstarter, didn't exactly. you? Exactly, like, you know... God, that pisses me off. It really bothers me. Again, not pissed off at Warp 11, pissed off at the structure that we've built that is keeping me from finding out that bands who are doing awesome shit are doing that shit so that I can support it. That pisses me off. And yet I basically suck at life and the internet, and somehow I found out about this Kickstarter. And friendship, apparently, too, because it's not like I don't talk to you every fucking week. That you could say to me, Steve, I just backed the new Warp 11. You should do that, too. Maybe I did. It would have been solved. But you never did. We don't know that. Motherfucker. God I'm going to have to go back damn. to all the transcripts. <laughs> so you piss me off, actually. It, it, what we get okay. back to. <laughs> when, you get, when you get right down to it, it's me. <laughs> and my soap. Okay, so uh, why don't we listen to a tune? This tune is basically... The tune voted most likely to get played on the Bone Bass Show. This is Planet Fuck.
right, once again we are back, and uh, that tune, of course, was the song voted most likely to get played on the Bone Bat Show, Planet Fuck, off the brand new release, The Search for Rock, from Warp 11, and joining us now on the show once again, we are thrilled to welcome back Captain Carl and Science Officer Kiki. How are you guys doing? We are living long and prosper. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Thank God. I am so glad you guys are on the show because I I was reviewing the lyrics to this new album and you are a goddamn national intergalactic treasure. I'm reading some of these lyrics. I just want to I just want to start with this. A couple of a couple of stanzas. We got <clears throat> masturbate, play with your balls, pretend your partner is Jane Goodall. Which is a song about Mugatu. Yes. 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 Fan-frickin-tastic. Second, and, and this one, I'm not kidding, it brings tears to my eyes. It's so <laughs> poignant. Space is big, just like my boner. <laughs> I mean, that is poetry. Why did it Biden have that Mormon hack? It's, it's poignant because it's God. true. You, you guys should have been the poets for the inauguration. I'm assuming <laughs> you were busy that well, day. Yeah. You have to read the next slide. Space is big, just like my boner. And there's like a refrain after it. They go, space is big, just like his boner. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you. You really, you breathe new life in. I'm glad that you are appreciating the lyrics because it it may not sound like it, but I agonize over lyrics. Like I'll rewrite a line like 30 times until I I call it, this line has now reached lyrical perfection. (laughs) How many other words for boner did you use before you settled on that one? 17. So 17 and a half. <laughs> oh, it was big. <laughs> you know, it's funny you start off with Planet Fuck, which uh, it, we, we, I have a friend who owns a bar here in Sacramento where we're based. And it's a, it's a big outdoor place. It's called Swabies on the River. And it's really popular. And uh, we've been friends since preschool, which is an ungodly oh, wow. amount of time. That's amazing. And so he likes he likes Warp 11 to play there. He doesn't, he doesn't need us to play there because there's people like knocking the door down. But we've been friends for so long. He likes for, to have his buddy's band play there. And one time he, I'm like, so what what can we play? What can't we play? And he goes, <laughs> you can play anything. I go, really? He goes, you can play anything. Are you sure? He goes, yeah, play anything you want. I'm like, okay. So we opened with Planet Fuck. <laughs> and, and it's kind of, it's not really a family establishment, but it's kind of, like people bring their kids there. Yes. It's kind of got like, I don't know, there's a lot of eclectic people. And after the show, he goes, what the hell are you thinking? You <laughs> Planet Fuck. I said, you said I could play whatever I wanted. He goes, I didn't mean that. <laughs> oh my fun. God, that's priceless. Planet Fuck. Yeah, don't tell me that we can play whatever we want because we're going to play whatever we want. <laughs> Sound like someone you know, Steve? <laughs> it absolutely does. Yeah. Yeah, some people you just don't dare. That's that's no, the truth of it right don't, there. Yeah, it's important to, if there are going to be boundaries, it's important to be informed of those boundaries ahead of time. <laughs> that's right. That's what I'm saying. Did you catch, by the way, that now it's it's rare that we mention other sci-fi franchise but but once in a while we kind of sneak them in there did you catch that the space's big line is from hitchhiker's guide to the galaxy oh i didn't put that together i would love to say it's, i was it's bright enough the book to do starts that. out space is big <laughs> really big yeah I, I did catch the uh star wars guitar solo followed by well, no yeah, that, that was kind of hard to miss <laughs> 
Yeah. <laughs> well, that's Brian. Brian is in a Star Trek band, but he absolutely loves Star Wars. <laughs> I've been trying to break him. It's a filthy habit. It's his fault <laughs> that we we always have little Star Wars things uh, throughout the whole albums and whatnot. They sneak in there. <laughs> they seem to, absolutely. Well, one of the things I also noticed is that there's definitely, uh, you're flexing your country flair a little bit on this album. Are you guys, since you're in SAC, are you trying to uh, angle a gig with the nickel slots at some point? Or oh, uh, what, what are you going for with there? Uh, well, you know, this one, uh, the album, has a, all our albums kind of have a theme at some level. And the theme for this one became the title track, The Search for Rock. It's like, we're trying to find the rock, and that's why the album is so eclectic. We're like, oh, well, we, let's do this. Let's do a country song. Let's do like a, you know, a, an old blues kind of jam. And what, what is it? A torch song. That's a torch song, yeah. Yeah, sure. So, yeah, so, uh, you know, country's kind of rock. <laughs> sure, so, it's rock adjacent. It's, country, you know, there was rock. country and then skiffle and then <laughs> rock. <laughs> Yeah, I'm really well, happy. Look, wait, 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 wait. But look at Gwen Stefani. She's gone. I like from, to look at Gwen Stefani. Right. <laughs> but she's gone awfully country right now, too, a little Isn't bit. Isn't she dating a country guy or something? When you well, say she's gone country, it's because, yeah, the, the Blake gentleman is. <laughs> yeah. I'm dating a country guy on the side, and that's why I, we wrote that. Oh. I'm going to love you like Captain Kirk. Mirror, mirror. Oh, my country. God. Now it all makes sense. Hey, let's, let's talk yeah. a little bit about the mirror, mirror concept. Those of us who've been listening to Warp 11 for quite some time get to enjoy revisitations of previous jams from the Mirror, Mirror series. Uh, how do you guys decide what makes a good Mirror, Mirror song? <laughs> That's a good question. Um, it usually... It's usually unveiled at practice. We'll start to warm up. We'll do, you know, we'll do some Warp 11 songs. And every once in a while, we'll just veer off and try to do it in a different uh, genre. And that's kind of, I think, how it happened. And, 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 and another way they came about is we like to do weird stuff for our Halloween shows. Okay, yeah. You know, like, like, do you guys know about uh, Hyperdrive 12? Have you heard of them? Oh, no. Yeah, yeah. That's the that's the one. No, no. You did uh, the the dingleberries, the the rod and berries. That's what it was. That, that's another one. So uh, we like to make up new bands to, to open for ourselves for Halloween. Okay. Uh, Hyperdrive Twelve is that we filk all our songs to be about Star Wars, and we dress up like Star Wars. And the Roddenberries is an entirely different band that will write forty five minutes of new material about Star Trek, and. Uh, and, and open for ourselves wearing wrestling masks and disguising ourselves. <laughs> and, uh, and then a couple times we've done the Mirror Mirror Warp 11, where basically we just take all our songs and rewrite them completely. And like, like I'll, I'm the shy one, because normally I'm the, on the front man, so I stand in the back and I have long bangs, and I'm like real emo. <laughs> <laughs> I pretended to be a guy named Davey. Yeah, and uh, and Brian turns into this uh, when we do Mirror Mirror. He says, "All right, Sacramento, I'm to rock." <laughs> That's amazing! Wow. Uh, boldly go down on me is even better the second time. That's I, all. I'm I think saying. so too. Yeah, I was going to ask that. Uh, are there are there any versions, Mirror Mirror versions, that you prefer the second version to the first version? 
Well, uh, Brian wrote the original Boldly Go Down on Me, and I wrote the second Boldly Go Down on Me. So I like the second one. I like the new one. I like the new one a lot. Now, speaking of Brian Jams, now, he also did All Your Bones Belong to Us, right? Oh, yeah. Yeah, and you know, it's funny. I I never really liked that song. And that song is my fault. Because <laughs> I, I always, during practice, I'd say, oh, my God, can we just do... It had a different name at that time before it was turned into uh, a Star Trek-type song. And I would just beg because I loved hearing Brian do it. I said, oh, my God, can we do it? Can we do it? Can we do it? And so I feel like I'm a little bit responsible for that because I absolutely love that Well, and everyone else loved the song. And I didn't want to put it on the album, but the band mutinied. and said, we have to put it on the album. Finally, I relented. And now I love the song. I think I just need to, like, get it in the studio, get a good recording of it. Okay. So this is, you had mentioned uh, in the Kickstarter campaign itself that there were some of these songs that you've had around for a little while. So this was yeah. one of the ones that was a pretty early uh, version of Warp 11 that you brought, finally actually got on wax? Yes, exactly. Uh, that one, I think the oldest song on the album, I'm looking at it now, is uh, Federation Ship Captain. We actually played at the first, like, party that we ever played like the first time like we played in front of people like in my living room for about i don't know 40 people showed up and uh and i found an old like vhs recording of it i'm like holy shit i forgot all about that song let's put that on the album <laughs> going going way back with that way one. back so did you pretty much yeah. empty out the vaults or do you still have some other oh, gems in your way that maybe weren't quite ready for prime time there's still a few left over, probably like three or four, but uh, I, I don't know. I'd say like eight of the songs were like older songs and everything else is new. Yeah, I'd say that's true. Yeah, this this album is, is wonderfully all over the place. I love your, your Primus-esque song, that the one about the chicken. I, I love the song Cuck about... Cluck of Khan. And Cluck of Khan... We practice a lot, and once in a while, like someone will just start playing something, and it just turns. It's I love it when it happens. It's like this weird it's a natural force gestaltism of music where just someone starts playing a riff, and someone else starts playing a riff, and that was how that one started. And like Kiki goes, "There's a chicken on Sunny Alpha Five, and I'm like, "What?" <laughs> <laughs> and then yeah, yeah, getting out alive, and we start, and we just keep going, and I immediately make sure we're recording. And that song just it just it just kind of happened. I mean, we we took it and molded it, but the basis of it just happened randomly. I think I think uh, Brian was in the bathroom at first, and then he came right. <laughs> what the hell is that? Well, and it was cool to have a song that really features bass like that. You know, bass is like the linchpin of that song. Yes, absolutely. I, and I think the bass should be the linchpin in all the songs. But again, <laughs> no. it's it's an issue. I've talked to him about it. Trying to get by. <laughs> Where in the world did the, the King Kong song come from? Uh, it's oh, same thing. Yeah, <laughs> that was the other one on the album. See, that was... We we like to entertain ourselves when we're first all getting together. You got to imagine John drives in from San Francisco. Uh, that's like a two-hour drive. A two-hour drive. Three hours of traffic. And so then we're waiting for Brian to show up. And then, you know, we just kind of start warming up together. And, uh, you know, a lot of times we haven't seen each other in a while. 
So we just like to kind of goof, and that's where a lot of the creativity just kind of spontaneously hatches. Well, that's one of the cool benefits, too, though, of being a band. You've had the same four people in the band for so long. You kind of know each other, and you know what each other will do. And I think that you probably get a lot of creativity springs out of that because somebody can play a riff, and somebody else can carry on from that point and add something to it. That That's neat Absolutely. when you've been Absolutely. together that long. Yeah, it's it's great that uh, yeah, everyone is so accomplished too on their instruments. Uh, besides me, uh, and me, <laughs> <laughs> well, John is a phenomenal drummer, and Brian is a goddamn phenomenal guitarist. Agreed. And uh, they've taken many of my ideas that are like plank, 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 and they're like, they turn it into like music. <laughs> Well, and it yeah. is, yeah, to, to Brian's credit, just the, the ability to play so many different styles of guitar on one album. You know, I got I to gotta yeah. tip my cap to that. It, it's an amazing display of guitar yeah, he, prowess. He's effortless when he does it, too. Yeah. Like, I can tell him, like, I want to do this type of thing. And he'll be like, oh, like like this? And I'm like, no, no, a little more like that. And he's like, that, this? Yes, exactly that. I mean, did you hear his solo in the, uh, in the country version of Tonight I'm Gonna Love You Like Captain Kirk? He, yeah. he went out and borrowed a guitar from some guy that he knows to get that country sound because he, he knew he wanted he that sound and that his guitar that. Yeah, it's like a, a chicken picking thing. So was it like a Telecaster or something like that? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. it's it, and I, when I heard it, I was like, oh my God, that sounds, that's exactly what I heard in my head. <laughs> and Brian is uh, the one that really was like, oh my gosh, I know this a sound that I want to try to accomplish uh, in some of our our songs he with the country aspect he definitely pushed that quite a bit yeah, you've got a much more country aspect in this album you've also much more green girl focused it seems than than previous albums well i think i think that's because um we a lot of these songs were just kind of songs that we had been working on over the years and we just put them aside because we had better songs that we thought and then <laughs> Now, we redid a, a lot of my songs. Even at the last minute, we were still changing it up. Sweet Alien Love sounded completely different than, than what when, it than turned when out to be. first wrote it, yeah. yeah. Uh, and I want to say for the record, as far as Green Girls, Baby Eat Your Greens, that one is Brian's. <laughs> what a, I was like, when he, when he told me, he's like, I wrote a song. It's called Baby Eat Your Greens. I'm like, what? He's like, it's about like a you know green Orion slave girl. <laughs> Eat, eat baby, eat your grease. I'm like, oh, that's good. <laughs> well, I know that in uh, I'm gonna love you till the green rubs off. That's another yeah. instant classic, I think. Thank you, thank you. That was mine. <laughs> <laughs> and I had a lot of fun just being bad. I, I I started to tell Carl and Brian, I was like, okay. I really want to have some just kind of... But you're always bad. No, I'm not always bad. Your songs are always bad. Well... Like bad girl songs. Well, Carl finally <laughs> let me be the captain on the last album. I always and insisted what are the songs? And, and a long time ago. I was like, no, I'm the captain. I have to sing the slide. She's like, no, I'm going to be the captain. I just kept I saying, I'm it. Sigourney Weaver in Alien. But she wasn't the captain. That role used well. The role used to be for a man, and ah, it was given to a woman. And in I was the broader like, sense. I was like, I think I should sing this song, and I basically stole it from him. She did. She steals <laughs> some of my good lines sometimes. I've gotten over. Well, in yeah. fairness, the Borg Queen doesn't take a demotion, folks. I mean, that just doesn't happen. <laughs> 
that's not how we roll here. I mean, what do you complain about? You could be the queen. I am a simple captain. <laughs> I'm still stealing my line. I get it all. That's what I get. You I do. get it all. You do get it all. Yeah, the queen has a lot of captains, but the captain's only got one queen. Oh, exactly. I like that. That's, exactly. That is well put. <laughs> yeah, like once a week I say something profound. You just happen to witness it. <laughs> I try to write them down. I have a little notebook. It's it's very sparse, but they're in Feel free to, yeah, yeah, you can use that. That and why does Captain Pike get all the best parking places? That's... <laughs> We, we had a song once a long time ago, and it just went beep, beep a lot. <laughs> beep, beep. Da-da-na-na-na-na-na-na. Beep, beep. Well, I don't think so, that one will ever be. I don't know, so either. <laughs> so question, do you expect to do any Discovery songs coming in the future? Uh, you know, I started to write Or one. Lower Decks, for that matter. Right. We did yeah. mention uh, the Spore Drive. Oh, Okay. Okay. In yes. the first, in, in search, the search for rock, spore drives, spore drives, spore, and, and it's time to go. Yeah. I missed that line. Awesome. Very cool. Uh, but wait, wait, wait. I, I have a, I have like lines I write down in my phone. I'm a whore for spores, and I want some more. I'm tripping balls on SETI Alpha Four. <laughs> genius. <laughs> spore drive. That's Next yes. inauguration. That's genius. Spore right drive. There. Wow. And the tardigrades. I think we should write a song. Spore drive. Na 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 na. Spore drive. No, we did already. But we called it beep beep. Yeah. Beep beep. Beep beep. Now that uh, things are starting to turn the corner, do you see any gigs in the near future? Well, you know, it's funny because I don't know if I mentioned this, but I got a buddy who owns a bar, and he. <laughs> you did mention he, that. Uh, texted me the other day and said, it, "It was funny how he put it. He was kind of like, you know." We don't need to have you out here at Swabby's, but we probably should have you out here <laughs> at Swabby's. Maybe around June, and I was like, all right, I'll talk to you. In fact, I was just thinking about today, I got to talk to him. So, yeah, I think we're going to do start doing gigs. We got our first shot, our first microchip injection. Nice. Uh, last month, and we get our second one on... Uh, the first week of uh, first May. First week of May, and then I'm we're going to an orgy. <laughs> there you <laughs> Not go. Up, Space <laughs> orgy. It turns out that Ryan and John also are getting their second at the same time. So we have started talking about arranging, you know, like a good weekend. Yeah, in fact, I just I, we got I got emails today while I was at work uh, from John trying to plan a practice. We're going to play again. It's going to be weird. Nice. It's it's been a long time. Since we yeah. just played, played, not like studio played. Just remember at the orgy, you still have to wear a mask. You can re- be the rest of you naked, but you have to wear the mask. That's And that's mostly that's just fun. for fun. I have, I have this like a rubber corn <laughs> mask that there you I'll go. wear. It has like a filter in the mouth. So yeah, any, any mask will do. <laughs> he's, he's popular at the orgies, the corn. <laughs> Until somebody brings out the gunpowder and then it's a mask. <laughs> And then it's all over. Diamonds <laughs> with a fortune, but I would trade it all for a hand phaser. <laughs> wow. Well, again, thank you so much for joining us on the show. It's been an absolute pleasure catching up with you guys. Uh, where can our listeners find your stuff? We just uploaded everything to this to this company that basically puts it out into iTunes and Spotify. And we just did that today. Okay. So the album might be there in five days. Whoever's listening to this, 
take out a little piece of paper, get out your phone and put, give a reminder for like next month. Cause by next month it'll be on uh, Spotify for sure. <laughs> and the, and right. the Amazon. Yes. We will absolutely uh, post a link and update it on the bone bat webpage too. To- you, know, you, you can also check us out on the Facebooks. Yeah. Our drummer, our drummer loves the Facebooks and he'll post when it's live. Fantastic. Well, uh, thank you again for joining us on the show. One last question. We always ask all of our guests here. You may recall, Kiki, Carl, what pisses you off? Not knowing when my songs are going to be on iTunes and Spotify. (laughs) Fair enough. Having to wear shoes. Having to wear shoes? (laughs) I don't know. She's she's barefoot right now. I'm barefoot right now. Nice. She lives. She lives in the moment. You ever notice though? You never see anybody barefoot on the Enterprise, really. Well, no, the, the space hippies. The space hippies, yeah. That was, yeah. I guess that's it. But you'd think that there'd be a you know take your shoes off at the door for in some people's rooms. I don't know, and you don't really see that. <laughs> it's true. Just like the bathroom. That's right. You never see that either. <laughs> I like to think they take their shoes off. In the bathroom. In the bathroom. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. That's what I think. That's how I think it works. Kiki, anything that pisses you off? Uh, what pisses me off? Not knowing what to say as a response. <laughs> yeah, to the that. piss you off question. That's to the piss you off question. Yeah, that's oh, it. I, I'm glad yeah, we get that, that a lot. So very well adjusted. We appreciate that <laughs> oh, and, here. And drummers piss me off. <laughs> No, they in, don't. Yeah, in, no. Ge- in general. No. In general. No. Not always ours. No. Sometimes no. ours. No. In, I mean, he's very no. talented. No. Very talented. No. <laughs> yes. But he is a drummer. No. All right. Well, uh, <laughs> why don't you introduce this next song? What are we going to listen to, folks? Uh, I think we're going to play uh, the second song off the album, uh, which is the only song that all of the current members of Warp 11 sing on the same song. Nice. And it's called the Andorian song, uh, the dulcet, uh, wait, what's the word? Uh, mellifluous tones of the drummer. You'll hear is the third line in that. The third stanza, mellifluous. (laughs) You know, it's funny. So I've been interviewing people. It's fun getting interviewed because for my job, I've been interviewing people for this video that we're making. And I've interviewed like eight people yesterday, 12 people today. I got to do 15 people tomorrow. And someone in the interview, uh, about it's about a guy who's leaving our company. And he said, his voice is so mellifluous. And I liked it so much, I wrote it down. And now I got to use it. Fantastic. You should try to say that word at least once a day now. <laughs> mellifluous. Hey, wow, this this uh, cereal is really mellifluous. It's fantastic. <laughs> the Cocoa Pebbles. has a lot of Gorn Gops in it. I enjoy it. Gornios? Gornios. Mel- mellifluous, it sounds like something you might find in City Alpha 4. I don't know. <laughs> I got it in a space orgy. <laughs> And I told you not to bring mellifluous home. <laughs> and here man, you go. that green chick was mellifluous. Oh, man. You think my mellifluous is going to clear up on its own or do I need to get an injection? <laughs> I can get you a shot for that. Here you go, folks. This is the Andorian tune. Song, rather. <laughs> I don't- <laughs>
This is Captain Carl Miller from Warp 11. And remember, in space, no one can hear you listen to the Bone Bat Show. All right. Once again, that was the Andorian song from Warp 11. Thank you so much again to Carl and Kiki for joining us on the show. That was an absolute blast to chat with them. Once again, you can find their stuff at warp11.com. So, Gord, uh, do you have any spring projects that you have been uh, working on since the year started? I I was kind of wondering because we're doing all kinds of shit. What are you up to? Spring projects? What in the hell are you talking about? For instance, uh, for me, uh, I I don't know, a lot of people don't know this, but uh, like 30 years ago, I went to film school and I got to the end of the program in the final class uh, was supposed to be the practical where you actually make a short film. And at the time, it was going to cost a bunch of money because in those days you had to actually shoot on 16 millimeter and cut it and rent a camera and do all kinds of things like that. And so my, my plan was, okay, I'm going to take it like a year off and build up some money and then come back and finish this course. And, you know, one thing led to another. I got a job and I got a monthly car payment and shit like that. You got pregnant. <laughs> no, not any time around then. But oh. but yeah, shit happened, and all of a sudden, it just didn't happen. And so this year, uh, you know, the year was starting. I was sort of thinking about, like, New Year's resolutions and shit that, you know, I could do. And it occurred to me, hey, all school right now is basically remote. All I do is look at kids sitting around my house that are <laughs> not doing school from oh. home. <laughs> so I figured, hey, why not me? I cannot do school from home, too. So I, I checked into it in uh, L.A. City College where I went to film school. I checked in with counselor. I had to take one class left. I got a, a film class, which is a cinema production class, and a math class that I had never done. And uh, if I did those two things, then I would have my uh, degree in cinema production by June. So that's what I've been working on this spring. Damn, man. I've been working on my allergies because it's springtime, which is also green and gooey. (laughs) Wet. (laughs) Nothing nearly as ambitious as that. Wow. Yeah, and my wife has sort of, she's gotten inspired, I guess, too. She was doing like these Peloton 10K uh, workouts to build up to running. And so she's like, she was doing intervals. On the treadmill one day, I'm like, intervals? you got to be kidding me. Those are brutal. I know what those Jesus. are. I remember track. Yeah. Those yeah. are horrible. I had to do them, but at two, Brute? Anyway, uh, and then she's been on using Duolingo to learn Spanish. And wow, I've been using Cunnilingo <laughs> for something else. Yeah, that, that's not it. And so I, I am kind of intrigued by the fact that I still know a lot of Spanish words. Like she'll, you know say a vocabulary word and I'll, I'll know instantly what it is that I somehow retained that over the last 30 years. But here, here's some interesting things. You and I were in the same Spanish class. So yeah, here's we some were. interesting things that you may not have known. Baseball is still muy divertido. <laughs> no you, kidding. It's been 30 years. And Who it's knew? still muy divertido. The, the, yeah, amazing. Baseball is still muy divertido. Still to this day, it's been a long time. People don't know where the fuck the biblioteca is. What? You think? that It's right there. The biblioteca is the big building. It's full of Libros. How can they miss it? 
the other the other thing that is kind of funny to me is that there's so many uh, of these <clears throat> uh, practice sentences like "Oh, Jorge is muy guapo." Sarah tiene pelo muy bonita, and it's like, are you interested in any harassamente sexual? You can't get away with the shit that they were telling you to say in Spanish back in high school anymore. Yeah, that's yeah. You're not supposed to talk about people's appearances anymore. Exactly. Yeah, but that's all it is. Is all Steve is muy gordo. I mean, it's just one after. Maybe uh, in second thought, though, maybe she's just adding that. That could be, huh? I wouldn't put it past her. Feo Igor, though. Yeah, I, I think it, yeah. I, I heard bandied hmm. about. I'm not sure. Muy divertido. Yeah, I thought that was funny. Really? Baseball is still muy divertido, huh? Who would have thought? <laughs> I figured you guys would be talking about football or something. Really? Or like high line. Really anything. The same fucking lines that they were using in the Spanish textbooks 30 years ago are still being used. That's so funny to me. Wow. That's classic. You know, it's because we are West Coast and we're exposed to that language because, you know, Mexico is right there. We kind of take it for granted. But I mean, I recall hearing some people not from around these parts at a Taco Bell, and they were literally mispronouncing taco. And and the woman was explaining to the man, oh, t- it's like a little crunchy sandwich. <laughs> <laughs> the fuck, lady? Was that when we were working there or since? <laughs> yes, that was when we were working there. But, like, to this day, like, how do you... How do you, A, not know how to pronounce Taco Bell? I mean, taco, when you're in a Taco Bell. You have to explain it to somebody as a little crunchy sandwich. <laughs> so weird oh people are people are weird so speaking of weird you got any weird stuff this week i was gonna delve into the story i got the story right up in front of me about how this woman just set the guinness book of world records record for the lowest note ever hit by a, a human woman and i after you know talking with Warp eleven. I just I can't I can't get into such a like happy normal little weird story. So I'm just I'm recalling on my my encyclopedic knowledge of the news of the week. And there's this thing happening in Korea right now where it's okay for a business to be open near a school if it's the kind of business that doesn't actually sell things. So if the business is like a consultancy, if it's an attorney's office, if it's a if it's an accountant's office, if it's a biblioteca. But the issue is businesses have started opening up that are consultancies for the purchase of sex robots. <laughs> and they'll have these sex robots in the office there and and presumably it's so they can sell them to interested clientele and they insist that like no actual usage is going on but it's been it's been quite controversial in Korea because no one really knows what's going on behind those closed doors and these are sex bots they might actually be running things we don't know it's that's some weird news we really need to follow what's going on with our robot overlords especially in Korea right now. That's that's my stab at the weird news. My especially weird stuff. Our robot overlords, especially the sex ones. 
Yes, the sexual <laughs> robot overlords. We're talking doms. We're talking tops. Yes. I, I feel like you're kind of burying the lead, though. Why are these sexual consultancies right next to preschools? I didn't say preschools. I said <laughs> schools. And I was wondering about that myself. I don't know if maybe uh, – I don't know why why you would choose to locate. Maybe that's where the cheapest real estate is. Maybe because you can't have other businesses there. Okay. I don't know. Maybe these guys are freaking perverts. So you can't sell anything near a school? What if you had a store that just sells pencils and paper that's completely outlawed next to a Korean school? I, according to the article I read, I don't know. They're saying that they're, they're, they are, <laughs> quote, exploiting a loophole <laughs> to locate their business. A robot there. loophole, if you will. A robot loophole. Um, I don't know. I don't know why you don't just sell pencils. Long, stiff, wooden <laughs> pencils next to a school. Maybe that's why, you sicko. It's all Warp Eleven's fault. I would have talked about this woman hitting the low note. Sorry, Joy Chapman. We're not going to tell your story. All right. Well, uh, why don't we listen to a tune? Why not? Joy Chapman hit C1. What are we going to listen to? How about you got to Mugatu?
Science Officer Tiki of Warp 11, and you are listening to The Bone Bat Show. Yeah! All right, once again, that was You Got to Mugatu from Warp 11 in their brand new release, The Search for Rock. I hope you dug that one. And joining us on the show now, I am pleased to present one of our favorite directors. I've said it once, I'll say it a million times. The heavyweight champion of independent gore, Chris McEnroy. How you doing, man? What's up, everybody? Thanks so much for <laughs> it is joining great us to have again you on the show. show. Oh, thank you, guys. It's always a pleasure talking to you. I understand you've got a new short in the pipe, and you need our listeners' help. That would be great. Yeah, I've got a new short uh, that I'm kickstarting right now. Uh, it's called Guts. It's about a day in the life of this guy who has his guts on the outside of his body. So they're just all there for people to see. He cuts a hole in his shirt so he doesn't get blood stains. He cuts his tie <laughs> so the tie doesn't get on his guts. Uh, he's, you know, he's dealing with some bullies at work. He's dealing with a jerk boss who won't give him that promotion. So it's kind of just a day of him trying to overcome all these obstacles while also being super gross and practical effect driven gore uh, and comedy, of course. Well, that's, that's that's what I'm kind of wondering because after bad guy number two, which had like two inches of blood all over the floor, that's where you started. That's the starting point. And then you've got death metal, which is severed limbs everywhere. You've got we summoned a demon, even more gore. And then once upon a time in the woods, which was just amazingly sick. How do you top this? Gore I mean, and goo. Yeah, I imagine just like a cement truck of fake blood backing up to the set and asking you where you want it. <laughs> that would be amazing. I would love that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Scare Package, uh, the segment in Scare Package was probably one of my favorite things I've done just because there was so much gore per like second of the, yeah. it was like a seven minute short film and there's just ex- head explosions and goo everywhere. Um, this one, I'm kind of going for a little bit more shock value, I think, with the gore and, the, and how gross it is. Um, there might not be as much blood spill, but there's just, like, grossness on screen the entire time, basically. Fantastic. Well, uh, currently the Kickstarter is running, and I think at the, at the time that we looked at this, uh, there's 12 days left, and you need about 5700 bucks. But uh, by the time this airs, that'll be the window will be a little bit slimmer. Uh, where can our listeners go to support your film? Uh, it's on Kickstarter uh, under the title Guts, G-U-T-S. Uh, my name, Chris McEnroy. Also, you can search me there. Um, the easiest way would just, I did a bit.ly. It's B-I-T slash L-Y slash Guts movie. <laughs> so that might be the easiest way to get there. Absolutely. All right, man. Well, I just wanted to say, Speaking about Scare Package, that, you know, Gordon and I, when we were growing up, we were working for a teacher of ours doing remodeling one summer. And one of our traditions is we'd get up and we'd go to the, we'd get some donuts and we would read the Joe Bob Briggs reviews in the Sacramento Bee. And to see you on Joe Bob at the drive-in was one of the fucking coolest things that I have ever experienced. That was just great. Dude, that is so nice of you to say that. Uh, it, yeah, it kind of blew me away. I, the whole I knew that it was going to happen, but I didn't know what he was going to say. And the fact that he liked it and gave a, a, a Joe Bob Briggs award now was like, oh man, I can't even explain it. That was insane and uh, something I'll treasure forever for sure. 
Oh. Well, you know, he does rate movies by gallons of blood, so you kind of had a shoe in right there. <laughs> yeah, I mean, he, he said he gave me the award for not letting plot get in the way of my gore, and that's kind of my thing, and that's what I'm up to again with this uh, movie Guts. <laughs> <laughs> that was so fantastic, man. So oh. not only should people support your Kickstarter, they should watch the videos you're posting with your daughter to, to move this thing along, because she is so freaking funny. You two are are just cracking me up oh thank you yeah we uh we have a lot of fun she was you know in bad guy number two i think the kickstarter was in 2014 she was in that one as just a a little girl who couldn't even read and i thought i would be funny if i threw the script at her and was like hey what do you think of this and she's like i can't read um you know now in the all the way to right now the kickstarter she's a teen now and she's a really good bully in this video (laughs) she's like you can't read yeah, she's like, you can't read, motherfucker. <laughs> well, what's also been kind of fun is following, like, during the pandemic, you know, you're pent up and you're not able to see as much stuff as you want. And you were doing the whole time a couple of really funny shorts with her. Like, you were able to use video you took of her when she was an infant, just about. You'll never take yeah. the coppers or whatever it was. Oh, right. the time travel one was brilliant. Yeah, that was some stuff that I remembered I had from when she was younger and then also from when I was younger living in a apartment in Las Vegas for college. <laughs> I was like, I could just do a time travel thing and talk to myself. Yeah, that stuff has been fun, man. Like, you know, it's hard it's hard to shoot a lot of things during the pandemic and just can't do a lot. And so Chloe and I would just kind of have fun, make up some scripts and shoot them. We do those in like, I don't know, from, from script to like finish in maybe three or four hours in an afternoon. So... It's fun. Um, yeah, I just did one today. She wasn't around, but I did one with our foster dog. <laughs> uh, yeah. It's like a little PSA about... Is this a Sleepy, Sleepy Gary? Yeah, Sleepy Gary. I, I think did it's see that. Movie. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, so I don't know. I try to do some things to try to get some notice and get some more backers. It's not the easiest thing to do. No, of course not. Well, yeah, it's uh, it's kind of fun because one of the, the lines I've been using, like you know all winter with my kids was i know this is kind of weird with your stepmom being a bag of chips so that's i've gotten a lot of mileage out of that so thank you oh man that's amazing (laughs) and his kids just stare at him they're like fuck whatever dad yeah so weird yeah so dude one last question we always ask all of our guests here on the bone bat show chris what pisses you off man Oh, what pisses me off? Um, I guess something today that pissed me off was I was on a phone call with some clients for a commercial that I did, and two of them were on set, and they're talking about, like, this was the best take that we had, and then they give reasons why the other takes aren't as good as that, and they're just settling for the one shot that is best, the best of the worst. I'm just, like, sitting there having to listen and take it in and just agree with them. <laughs> And be like, yes, I'm a horrible director. Thank you. Whatever you say. I hate that. That sucks. <laughs> that's brutal. Oh, man. shit. That, that sucks, man. But that's kind of the reason why I make my own things. You know, like I, I work with clients a lot and do a lot of ads. But, hey, I can get some creative control from my soul. It feels good. Yeah. that's, that's You ever the... get the urge to go, do you know who the fuck I am? <laughs> do, you, do you want me to kill you in a movie? <laughs> I will do it. I'm not afraid. I'll have an actor portray you and do that butthole-looking thing again. 
Oh man. Oh man, the butthole licking thing. I still get embarrassed by that when it happens in like a screening. Like, oh god, here comes the butthole talk. <laughs> I actually watched that movie with one of my kids when they were younger, and I'd forgotten about that. And then as soon as that character comes on the screen, I'm like, oh shit, this isn't just gonna be violence. <laughs> I may have to explain this. Yeah, that's similar with my daughter, too, I guess. I haven't ever let her watch any of my stuff, but they're all over the internet, so she could definitely find it and then judge yeah. me for being a sicko. She's, she's looked at it, I'm sure. <laughs> one of her friends was like, oh my god, did you see that short your dad did? <laughs> He's so gross. Your dad is the weirdest. Yeah. Oh, right, boy. man. Well, uh, once again, thank you so much for joining us on the show. It's been an absolute pleasure to chat with you. Yeah, you guys, too. I feel like I could talk to you for hours. You're awesome people. Well, let's oh, do thanks. it right now. <laughs> <laughs> you don't need to go to bed. Let's keep going. I did promise you, though, we're going to play this tune for you. So uh, you mentioned you like Primus, and on the new Warp 11 album, there is a very Primus-esque tune. Isn't that right, Gord? That's right, and it's about a chicken, which seems kind of primus too. Yeah, and yeah. you know what else I noticed today was today was the day pork soda came out. That's right, I saw that as well. Wow, it's all it's a weird coincidence from the film gods, I think. I think so. So this is Cluck of Khan. Not my name is Cluck. No. <laughs> nice. <laughs>
McEnroy, director of Death Metal, We Summon a Demon, back at number two, the Goo Guys segment and Scare Package, and you're listening to the Bone Bat Show. All right, we're back once again. That was the Cluck of Khan, not My Name is Cluck, from Warp 11, and their brand new release, The Search for Rock. You can find there their stuff at warp11.com. So, dude, got any multimedia triage this week? Yeah, I've been listening to Warp 11's album because I kickstarted it and I got it before you did. Fuck you. Oh, also. It burns. (laughs) Speaking of zeros, I watched Zero Zero Zero. That was pretty flippin' great. You talked me into watching that show, yeah? Yeah, you didn't like it? I thought it was great. Okay. So let's let's talk about it. Go ahead okay. and, and do the spiel, and then then we'll wrap up with my thoughts. Okay. Well, it's about a shipment of drugs. It's a it's a mob movie, I guess, a drug movie, a crime movie, you could say. And there's this this Italian crime boss who is purchasing a large quantity of drugs from Mexico, and he's got to get those drugs to Italy for reasons and there's a lot of intrigue he's got foes as italian crime bosses are want to have and the story tells the story of the uh, the italian mob and the the intrigue that's going on there it tells the story of the brokers who are sort of the middlemen in this deal middleman and middlewoman and it tells the story of the sellers the mexican drug cartel and so it's bouncing back and forth between these interrelated stories, telling telling the whole story as this shipment of drugs moves internationally, and all these all these parts come into play. It's told in Italian, in Spanish, in English, and possibly a couple other languages as well. And it's it's very involving. It's very well acted. There's action there's suspense there's gunplay i dug it but steve doesn't like fun things so he's going to tell you why it sucks <laughs> actually i liked it quite a bit while i was watching it but there were certain things that started bothering me about it and it, it sort of piled up to when i finished it i thought oh it was pretty good and then like a week later i'm like yeah i don't think i liked that as much as i thought i did <laughs> so let's a couple. We're going to get spoilery here. So if uh, you want to watch this series, and it is worth watching, it's on Amazon Prime, and I think it's uh, I want to say eight, ten episodes, something like that. Uh, yeah, I think it's like eight episodes. So just turn the podcast off right yeah. now. Just stop. Jump, jump ahead. No, just uh, until just we're talking about something else. Go okay. listen to This American Life. So zero zero zero's biggest trick is that it's going along, and something super violent and. Uh, treacherous will happen and the show will fucking stop and then it will jump into somebody else's shoes an hour ago and you don't realize it the first few times you're seeing it but this is a flashback and you're going to find this character rejoining that main moment for the like next 15 minutes and so you see what they experience getting to that exact same point then it jumps back in time again and does the same fucking thing again 
So by the third or fourth episode, it's telegraphing its one good trick over and over and over again, which I found a little bit tedious. I'm like, just tell the fucking story. You don't have to jump backwards and rebuild the wheel every single time, but they keep doing that. So that sort of bugged me. Number two, the, the score is done by an electronica group called Mogwai, which I generally like, but they had like these two tones that were a motif throughout the series. So there's a lot of the series that is going bum, 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 to the point where you want to drive a pencil into your fucking skull. <laughs> this is coming from the guy that gave me shit for caring about a soundtrack. I know, I know, right? Uh, yeah. Third, there is a character, and the character has a disease that is ho- fucking horrible. It's hunting dis- disease. You don't have to, like, Well, I don't want to spoil the, oh. the show, but I found that that character did some things that I think were really unrealistic, and it took me out of the show. I was kind of like, oh, fuck you. It wouldn't go down that way. You'd have more self-awareness about your situation and how you are in the world to behave in that matter. Because he, he puts a lot of dramatic risk into the show that I think doesn't need to be there if it was in real life. So, yeah, okay. Yeah, I'll give you that one. So there. And then finally, this is not annoying, but just funny. Gabriel Byrne dies in the first episode. Gabriel Byrne is a fine actor, but Gabriel Byrne seems to be the guy you call to do a couple of shows and then kill him off. Do you remember him in Vikings? He was like... (laughs) (laughs) Ragnar Lothbrok kills him in the first season. Like That's the guy you hire. Gabriel Byrne, you bring him in. And you kill him. And and, and he does. He earns a paycheck and you kill him off. So God bless Gabriel Byrne for getting paid. But at some point, maybe he'd like to do a few more shows. I don't know. Maybe not. Maybe this is his thing. I'm <laughs> just saying. But uh, anyway, I thought that was kind of amusing. So zero 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 is very good, but I, I had more problems in it the more I thought about it. So your mileage may vary. All right. Well, how about Godzilla versus King Kong? You probably didn't like that either because the monkey's hair was the wrong color, right? You know, that's funny because I was listening to Strange Eons this morning, actually, and uh, Kelly was just ripping this fucking movie, a new asshole, about how stupid it is. And yes, this movie is ice cream headache dumb. It really is. But... All of the Godzilla movies have been dumb. The human motivations in these movies have never been realistic. You're there to watch giant monsters fight. And so your your ability to put your brain on hold and then just enjoy it for what it is, I think, will directly affect your ability to enjoy the film. This I, might I be the best Godzilla movie ever made. It, would, it, it gives a, you exactly what you want. I thought it was a fucking blast. Any And any gripes you have with the buildup or whatever fell away from me the moment that King Kong punched the fuck out of Godzilla right in the head. <laughs> like, yeah. he shivers him. That punch was <laughs> brutal. And you're just like, you, you're sitting on your couch and you're like, oh, shit. Yeah. Like, he tore him up. And it was great. This, it was like they had rounds, right? It was like, yeah, oh, fuck. Totally. K- King Kong won round two, but let's let's see what happens in round three. You know, ah, oh, that was fun. The hollow yeah, earth the, aspect. What would you think about that? The, the science. I loved and, it. Did you? No. Because you're fucking, the guy, of all the people, you're the guy who would let science get in the way of enjoyment of a film. 
It's true. I, I am and I would, it, but I was fine with this. The whole purpose of this movie was to watch giant monsters fight each other. And there was a minimal amount of plot, and it was just enough to explain why the monsters were fighting each other. Great! There was no build-up. There's no drama about, you know, some romance or lost sibling. It was just like, hey, and this is why they're going to fight here. Cool. I'm going to tell the audience, you already did. There's a hollow earth thing. They go down to the inside of the earth. Gravity's all weird because it's the inside of the earth. So fucking what? It's awesome. And then they fight down there. So it didn't bother you that it was there was bright light in the hollow earth? Everyone knows there's bright light in hollow earth. Otherwise, everyone would be bumping their heads on the top of the inside of the earth. Right? Isn't it like illuminated moss? That, that's what I was thinking. <laughs> it could be illuminated anything. All kinds of illuminated moss under the yes, earth. Yes. It's bioluminescent. That's it's it. the bioluminescent pressure. moss. Absolutely. Fucking yeah. <laughs> Why not? Why not? Well, Because and, and lava is glowy, and that makes the inside of the earth glowy. I don't know. So, are we going to get spoiler with this? Let's do it. I don't give a fuck. You can see it for free. <laughs> if you don't want to know about the end of Godzilla versus King Kong, jump in. Are we just going to just spoiler everything fuck now? yes, we are. That's, okay. you know, it's a post-pandemic world. At this point, who knows how much longer we've got. Okay, so, spoiler time. I fucking loved that King Ghidorah's skull was powering Mechagodzilla. I thought that was super fucking cool. Because Ghidorah is a <laughs> badass monster and ultimate evil from space. And to have this mechanical version of Godzilla basically p- taken over by the evil spirit of King Ghidorah, I thought that was an awesome twist. Like, just deep fanboy craziness run amok, and I loved it. That was great. Yep, it was great, and you should see it. I'm probably going to see it again. (laughs) And what did you think of podcasting being a very important key to (laughs) the the narrative (laughs) plot of this show? I thought that was hilarious. Having been a podcaster for a very long time, nobody has yeah. ever showed up at my door and asked me about kaiju. It just has never happened. Yet. <laughs> nobody yet. Oh, my God. So, yeah, super fun movie on HBO Max right now for free. Definitely see it for free. Shit. Shit. Yeah. You know what, though? What, what? we should talk about, even more important, we've seen Godzilla versus King Kong. King Kong was kind of a badass. But what happens when King Kong takes on Captain Kirk? Except thanks 
because he's pretty strong. Can pick up a train, you know. And Kirk. Captain Kirk. He gonna go berserk. Like a Viking god. And outsmart that jerk. Primate jerk. And when he wins, he'll smirk. And probably get laid, too. Search for Rock from Warp 11. Uh, you can find those in places that uh, Captain Carl told you about. So there you go. Look in those places. You'll find them. All the places with the musics. <laughs> it was pluralized. <laughs> so, dude, uh, what else you been digging? Have you been watching the Falcons and the Winter Soldiers? <laughs> We're not doing the plural thing the whole We're time. Not, I, I was going to just go Squirrely Dan for the rest no. of multimedia triages. No. <laughs> yeah, I've been watching Falcon and Winter Soldier. I've been enjoying it. I, surely not as much as you have, but I've been enjoying it. I found it a little uneven in the middle there, and then it really hit its stride, I thought. And as of this recording, there is but one episode remaining, so hopefully that one will be cool. But this thing happened that happens around here. Okay. I try to get my lovely wife to watch it because she really liked agents of shield right i'm like this is a this is a thing you like the marvel movies watch this thing yeah i've got other stuff whatever four fucking episodes in she decides to sit down wait why is captain america i thought they were friends no so who's this guy (laughs) god damn it no at a certain point you're only allowed to sit there and stare at the screen right well, and it's it's interesting, too, because if you're coming in kind of cold at this point, there's so much backstory. Right? It's like, well, you kind of got to go back and watch Winter Soldier, and then you got to watch Civil War, and then you got to watch Avengers Endgame, and then you got to watch maybe some WandaVision. I don't know. It's like, Jesus yeah, Christ. I, it, Just to catch up and know everybody that everybody is talking about, you've got to watch like 17 hours of programming. It's getting a little unwieldy. Yeah, I felt like towards the middle, it, they were when they introduced the you know the Wakandans. I'm like, okay, you know what? That's enough. That's this is too many. <laughs> That's enough. This is why I didn't read comic books really when I was a youngster. It's like every time I'd pull one off the rack, it would refer back to like, oh, and this guy in episode 279 of the Amazing Spider-Man. And then you read another page. Like be signed by like Slug and Stan. Yeah, yeah. what the? Who the fuck? Can I just? Yeah. And they don't don't give you that here, so you've got to like watch a YouTube video after to figure out where you know you you left off. If you haven't done the work, which I have. 
Yeah, you know, I have, but I can't. There's, I don't remember all of it. Anyway, I, I felt like it was starting to spiral out of control, then it, it tightened back up again, and I like it. So, good. Yeah, well, we'll see what happens. Now we're uh, leading up uh, to a big showdown between the Falcon and Batrock the Leaper, the French Sabat villain who kicks you in the face. <laughs> Which, actually, I have a comic book from when I was a little kid. It's Captain America and the Falcon uh, fighting some skateboard guy and Batrock. And, like, I have totally fond memories of, like, reading that comic book as we drove down to Lake Shasta when I was a little kid. So, I'm interested to see where this is going to go. I hope it goes well. Batrock Zilipper! Not the leper. He's, a, he's a oh leaper. my god, he's a ridiculous villain. It sounds. I mean, he's anyone that's terrible. doing Sabat is ridiculous. And to he's start got with. like a big mustache as part of his costume in the seventies version. <laughs> like, <laughs> it's like sticking out like a handlebar thing. It's great. Oh, nice. Yeah. Uh, so, so what else are we digging on? Uh, nobody. Um, let's talk a little bit about that. So uh, let's talk about nobody. Yeah, I wasn't Chris sure McEnroy, that. Bob, I didn't know uh, about this, and uh, he had mentioned that he went to the theater. He'd gotten fully vaccinated, and he went to the theater the first time. And he saw nobody, and it was fucking great. And I had not even heard of this film. And it just happened to be on pay-per-view, and it's uh, Bob Odenkirk doing his best John Wick impression. And what did you think, man? I didn't think he'd be able to pull it off. when. See, I was aware of this film, and I, I was sort of like, oh, man, I hope they give you a big cha- paycheck, because this doesn't look good. And I was wrong. It was fun. Oh, so you I, I hadn't even a, heard of it. So that's all right. What is wrong with your connection to reality, Steve? I, I you're, don't you're know, the, dude. Too much math missing homework, stuff. I guess. I guess like that. that'll do it. See, yeah. I've settled for not learning anything ever again. It frees up a <laughs> lot of time. Right now, one of the things that I'm being forced to learn is how to calculate compound interest, which... It's just like, finally, you know exactly how you're getting fucked on all your credit card bills. (laughs) That's a delight to find out about later in life. Yeah. Anyway. Yeah, my dad was a CPA. I don't think I could write the formula down, but I understood the fuckery (laughs) behind it at an early age. Yeah, and it's it's sheer fuckery. God. Yeah, that's why I've never carried a credit card balance. It's just like, oh, this this is the fuckery my dad has spoken about. So nobody, I, I liked it a lot. Uh, a lot of fun violence. And, you know, my wife, not really into super crazy action films. She liked this as well. It's brisk and kind of to the point. I don't think there's a wasted scene in the whole film. And uh, well worth your time. Yeah, and he doesn't do a lot of agonizing over, like, should I be like this? No, he's like, you know what? I'm going to fuck people up. Go. <laughs> So that was good. I hope it's a one shot, though. I don't need to see all these characters again. I enjoyed it. I had my fill. Don't make it a franchise, Mr. Odenkirk. Okay. I don't know that he is the executive producer, but uh, (laughs) you can put that request in, I guess. I think that he has the clout to say no. Uh, Speaking of of extreme violence, have you seen this uh, new series on AMC called Gangs of London? No, should I? So here's the thing. Uh, the show, it looks like kind of high-end. Uh, it's got Johnny from Peaky Blinders as one of the main characters. And uh, Colm Meany, who's the red-haired gentleman who was on uh, Star Trek Deep Space Nine. And also in The Commitments, this is the father. You remember that guy? Big red-haired yeah. Irish guy? 
Uh, yeah. Of course, he's like this mob boss who gets killed in the very first episode, a la Gabriel Byrne. And uh, it goes from there. But uh, it's got like a lot of high-end sort of hand-to-hand combat in it. And it turns out that it was put together by Gareth Evans, who was the writer and director of the Raid films. Oh, okay. Well, he knows his way around a fight scene. Exactly. He does. And so that explained an awful lot to me when I saw that. I was like, oh, okay. I, I sort of get this show's pedigree. I don't know where it's going. Uh, it's about three episodes in, but I'm enjoying it so far. Check it out if uh, you like stuff with a lot of fighting. Okay. Gangs of London, huh? So, Walking Dead. This show I is gave up on that like season still two. kind of on my DVR. And so occasionally, you know, you watch everything good and you're not in the middle of any series. And so you then you go back and you sort of catch up on it. And it's been sucking, particularly this season, because of the pandemic. So what they've been doing is they'll take two actors on the show and they'll have them play off of each other for an hour. So they write like a backstory or it'll have a flashback or some kind of bullshit made up reason why you can't have a bigger cast in this episode. And this whole season has been just fucking tedious. It's been one bad episode after bad episode. Until the season finale, which did something kind of interesting. So for the first time, this gave the backstory of how Negan became such a fucking dick. And it turns out that his people who read the comics will know this. His wife had cancer and he was trying to give her chemo after the zombies happened and things went to shit. What's cool about the episode A... Uh, Jeffrey Dean Morgan's real life wife gets to play his wife in this episode. So the two of them acting together have a lot of chemistry, which is really cool. Secondly, they do some really fun stuff that normally doesn't get done. So there's a point where the wife jumps into the car and turns on the radio. And the first thing the radio is playing is a news report, and it's audio from Night of the Living Dead, where they're talking about the dead returning and eating the bodies of their victims. She says, that's bullshit. Put on some music. She hits the radio, and Party Time by 45 Grave comes on. Ah, that's cool. And you're just, as a zombie fan, you're going, that is fucking insane. Then there's the point where... You know, I'm spoiling it at this point. Who gives a fuck? She's dead. Because you already know that because Negan's been out in the world for a long time killing people and he hasn't had his wife around. So he goes in where she's dead and hanging above the bed in the room that she's on is a giant poster of Iron Maiden's cover of Live After Death with Eddie busting out of the grave. But they only show the bottom like 10% of it. Yeah. So if you fucking know. know... You fucking know, and you think that's cool, and if you don't, it's lost on you. So, the show as a whole is a piece of shit, and I don't think I'm going to watch it anymore, but they get a tip of the cap from me for a couple of really fucking great things that happened in this episode. Jeffrey Dean Morgan is a fantastic actor. That guy's great. And so, it was kind of neat to see him chew scenery in this particular episode. So, there you go. So, speaking of Robert Kirkman... Uh, watching Invincible. You yeah, watching this? I am watching okay. that. See, I didn't know the comic book at all. I, I started watching, in the first episode, I was really rolling my eyes. I'm like, really? Super Friends? This is the Super Friends. <laughs> We're watching the Super Friends. <laughs> Until the final 
10 minutes of the episode, maybe five minutes of the episode. And then I went like, oh, okay then. <laughs> What's yeah, interesting? I almost turned it off. So glad I didn't. So I followed that comic from like issue 20 and read all of the actual issues up until the end of the series. So I was reading it all along. And it's interesting what the show is doing because they're spending a lot more time on Earth and doing a lot with earthly superheroes. And the comic series spends a lot of time in space fucking around up there. So there's a whole lot of great twists and turns coming when they leave planet Earth. So there's a lot of neat stuff that is going to be happening in this series. I'd say stick with it. You're going to dig where it goes. And basically, this is Kirkman fucking around with comic book tropes and messing with things. And he has a great time doing it. And this entire series is fun. That's the way I would describe it best. So I I think you're going to really dig where it goes. Cool. Uh, I'm into it. I'm, I'm liking what I'm watching. Two other quick things I want to mention. Uh, Sleep Terror, we've featured uh, their music on the show a few times over the years. Luke Yeager's a guitar player. He also uh, plays with a drummer. And uh, often his music is math metal, death metal, kind of progressive type of stuff. But in the recent years, their last three albums, he's doing amazing stuff where he'll be playing like a death metal riff, and then it'll downshift into like jazz or... Ennio Morricone sort of Italian Western or even country and then shift back up into death metal. And he just released a new album called Above Snakes, which is just fucking great. We were listening to it when we were driving around a couple of days ago and uh, Julie was listening to it too. And she was just cracking up laughing with how much fun this album is because it just plays with all kinds of different genres and mixes them in at an expert level really neat so take a look for this album sleep terror above snakes okay finally i think i mentioned this previously the last film i saw before everything shut down last year in february was the gentleman starring uh, matthew mcconaughey directed by guy ritchie great film just found out that guy ritchie's new film the wrath of man is coming out on may 7th this is a uh remake of a French crime thriller called uh, Cash Truck or Les Convoyeurs came out in 2004 and uh, it stars Jason Statham and this is going to be the first movie I see in theaters after the pandemic I get my second shot next week and uh, a couple weeks after that May 7th that's what I'm doing so I'm going to bookend my pandemic with Guy Ritchie I can't think of a better way to fucking do it well, I can think of better ways, but this is a really good way. Yeah, I agree. That's, it's a solid plan. Yeah. yeah, that's a fine cinematic way to do this whole thing. All right, man. Well, why don't we listen to another tune from Warp 11? All right. What are we going to listen to, Steve? The, these two songs, like we're going to do two songs here, and these okay. are both songs that you requested by name. Really? I did? Yes, you did. So we're going to check Holy out crap. All Your Bones Are Belong to Us and Woo-hoo. Sweet Alien Love. Both of which Kiki likes. Hit it! One, two, three, four!
This is Captain Carl from Warp 11. Live long and bone bat show. songs Gord? who cares no those songs were all your bones are belong to us and sweet alien love 
Very cool. Uh, thanks again to Carl and Kiki for joining us on the show. Also, thank you once again to Chris McEnroy. Once again, you can support his new film, Guts, on Kickstarter. Look for the link on the Bone Bat page and make a awesome, gory short happen. Yeah, you're, you're not going to go wrong supporting that. You absolutely are not. Our usual bullshit. Show number is 425-296-6557, or you can email us to steve at bonehand.com. Bonehand.com is also the home of the heavy half hour with many back episodes for you to enjoy and get your medal on. Yeah. And you can find me on mightywombat.com. Or if you'd like to hear Steve make fun of me, you can go to my Instagram I don't even remember. The real, no, real underscore Mighty Wombat. I don't even know what it is. You should just find us on Facebook. Just go from there. Fuck it. Uh, You can also follow me on Twitter. I'm Bonehand over there. We also have a Twitter feed as well as a Bonebat Facebook page, which is an excellent place to find sweet deals that we stumbled across, video games, new albums by bands that we love, all kinds of stuff, jokes, short films, you name it. It's definitely a great place to uh, keep an eye on. If it, Yeah, I mean, don't just name it. You should you should go there. That's I'm right. real underscore Mighty Wombat at Instagram. Was that better? That's I much better. Thank you for clearing okay. that up. Yeah, I don't know. I wasn't going to be able to sleep tonight, so. You're still not going to be able to sleep tonight. Thank you for listening. If you like what we do, please spread the word and tell a friend. One final tune for this 420 Super Green episode. Why don't we listen to Naked Time, Gord? Let's listen to Naked Time. I love the way Kiki screams Naked Time in this song. Let's get naked! That is what she screams. She doesn't scream Naked Time. I just like her screaming. (laughs) There you go. Once again, this is Steve. And this is Gord. Have a good one. I do have a good one.
these days when, you know, Gordon and I are a little bit older, we feel like maybe pop music is leaving us behind, to still be able to hear a song where Star 69 is mentioned is just delightful. So God bless you. Because <laughs> yeah, right. nobody fucking knows what that is anymore. You know, my kids, funny. if I said my kids Star 69, they'd look at me vacantly. You guys are it's awesome. Funny that was one of the really old songs, obviously. <laughs> I mean, we wrote that in pop, I think it was 90, like 1999 or 2000. And when we went to put it on the album, I was like, fuck. I, I said this in the studio. Fuck. These lines are so dated. <laughs> should we put these in? Uh, yeah, we absolutely should. I also agonized over the uh, Three Stooges reference in Shy Romulan. Hey, hey Mo. I was like, no one's do, do the kids. Yeah. And I was like, but the kids don't listen to us anyway, so it doesn't matter. That's right. They see them on YouTube clips. They know. They do? Yeah. They know? They I thought yeah. they, they, they look at YouTube and they turn it off and go to TikTok. And there ain't no Three <laughs> Stooges on TikTok. I guarantee it. Hmm. I'm curious about that now. <laughs> do you well, want to do to just show like a, a series of eye pokes? They just boil it down. Yeah. And you know, kicks yeah, in the crotch I, I'm and stuff way like that. Too yeah. Old for TikTok. I can barely do the YouTubes and the Facebooks. <laughs> MySpace, I I think MySpace is coming back. <laughs> Have you heard that? I haven't I haven't heard that. Yeah. I'm still I, holding I, on to my GeoCity site. I just got a, a telegraph thing today came for me because I'm going to start sending my messages by telegraph. Nice. Stop. This just in. <laughs> Stop. <laughs> oh, yeah. Reduce image. Let me see all of it. Magnification 256. Magnification 18.56. Hailing frequencies open, sir. This is the United Earth Ship Enterprise. We convey greetings and await your reply. Captain, I've got something, but I can't quite get a fix on it. Pick it up. Switching, sir. The space is big, just like my boner. That's not possible. It's a big galaxy, Mr. Scott. Fascinating. 